Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship. And as always, an extra special welcome to our family and friends joining us from across the country and around the world. Our service this morning will be led by our minister, Katrina, and we'll also hear the voices of Edith and Bethany, Dr. Beth and Brian. As we sing along with ourselves, we'll hear Paul on keyboard and Yang Yang on violin. And in a minute or two, Leo and Ailey will be lighting our candle and we're all invited to light our own candle at the same time. Thank you to everyone who has already donated to our Operation Agri Harvest Appeal. Um, we've been doing this via our Just Giving page and when I checked it this morning, we've now raised just over £900 when we include our gift aid in our donations. And that will make a huge difference to people in Tanzania. So thank you to everyone who has contributed. And if you forgot or didn't get around to it and would still like to do it, just a wee reminder that our Just Giving page will be open until the end of the month, the last day of October. So if you'd still like to do that, then there's plenty of time to go onto our Just Giving page. The link is on the email I sent yesterday and make your donation there. At 7 p.m. this evening, we gather for evening worship via Zoom, when we'll be joined by our friends from neighboring churches as always. This evening's service will be led by Jeff and is a special service to mark One World Week. Just a wee reminder to the families of uh, Bible class folk, uh, we will be uh, meeting via Zoom this afternoon at 4.30. So um, I'll be dropping a wee email to parents around about 4.25 uh, so that you don't have to remember where to find the link. Just click on the link anytime from 4.25 for Bible class this afternoon. Morning worship next Sunday at 11am will be very special. We'll be joined on Zoom by our friends from Wellington Church for a joint service, which will be led by Katrina and the Reverend Roger Sturrock. This will be a service for all saints and all souls, and we will share communion as a sign of our unity as followers of Jesus. Then in the evening, the Reverend Stuart Gillen of St John's Renfield Church will lead evening worship. This will be our annual service of grieving and gratitude when we remember those who have died in this past year. So now we come to the lighting of our candles. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Thank you so much, Leo and Ailey. Some of you will be aware that this weekend has been the Baptist Union of Scotland's Not Quite Assembly, um, an event called Canopy. And we decided to go ahead and have our normal kind of a service, but also wanted to link up with some of the themes. Um, so there's a little bit of a connection between what we're doing and what the Baptist Union has been doing over the weekend. So I hope you'll uh, enjoy the service and find stuff to think about. But we're going to start with some words from the book of the prophet Isaiah. God says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. 
I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on the earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. now we come with our prayers to that God who says, I am for you. Let's pray. We come to you, the God who says, I am for you. In this world of troubling news and worrying experiences, each of us needs a place of refuge and safety. 
someone who loves us unconditionally and who is totally reliable. In these moments, help us to become more aware of your presence and to draw a little closer to that safe embrace. We come to you, the gentle Christ, who refuses to break that which is bruised, who gently shields the guttering wick, who refuses to give up against all the odds. In these moments, help us to open ourselves to you with our life event bruises, in our faltering faith, needing your resolute work of healing and saving. We come to you, the life-breathing spirit who hovers over all chaos. We come needing the balm of your healing. We come needing the refreshment of your breathing. We come needing the insights of your wisdom. We come needing the infusing of your inspiration. We come to you, the triune God, in whom all creation has its origin, by whom all creation is sustained and recreated, and with whom we find flourishing and fullness of life. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
The first reading is taken from Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. The Apostle writes, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. don't know about you but sometimes I find that the same words or themes keep on popping up and they just refuse to go away and I need to work with them for quite a long time. Certainly it feels that we've been thinking for quite a long time as a church about things to do with the natural world, to do with creation and in the last few weeks, especially, we've been thinking about that quite a lot, haven't we? We had the Operation Agri appeal of trees for Tanzania. And of course, as I've already mentioned, the Baptist Union of Scotland this weekend has held an event which it called Canopy, based on the idea of a forest of trees. And for those who are brave enough to join us in the midweek study, this week, we wound up talking about the possibility of plant sentience. Not many Baptist ministers will be mentioning that this Sunday morning, I suspect. Some of us who have lived in and around the West End of Glasgow for a while, particularly if you did before I came here, will have spotted a slightly cheeky uh, borrowing of a name for this morning's service. There used to be a shop, I think it was where Waterstones is now, um, that was called Roots, Shoots and Fruits. Its sister shop, which is just called Roots and Fruits, because I checked, um, continues to operate on Great Western Road. But three really good words, Roots, Shoots, Fruits. Are they nouns in the plural? Or are they verbs? Well, that's part of the mystery of the English language, isn't it? And probably other languages too. And we're going to start very briefly by thinking of the idea of roots and of being rooted. We all know that trees have roots and that roots for the most part are hidden underground. A secure network of anchors, if you like, that help the tree to stay upright as it grows taller and wider. 
and it, they can compensate if the environment becomes a bit um, hostile and the tree tends to become lopsided. The roots just adjust themselves to try and help the tree stay straight. Also, those, those same roots that provide the anchor are a source of drawing in nutrients for the tree. They draw in water, they draw in actual nutrients from the soil. And if you wanted to get all technical, there's a special fungus that um, helps trees to even share some of the nutrients that they get. Um, you can go away and read about that. I'm not going to talk about that this morning. But this idea of roots and rootedness shows us that trees are interconnected with each other and with the environment of which they are part. A couple of weeks back, we noted that the trees help to preserve the riverbanks along the Kelvin. They, they stop the erosion that might otherwise happen. And these same images of roots can be used to think about our experience as human beings and as Christians, as part of God's good creation. But as I read that very brief little passage of scripture this morning, what I found myself drawn to was not so much the roots, but the soil in which the roots spread out. That soil, we are told, is Christ. Jesus becomes the soil in which we are rooted, in which we put down our roots, find security and draw nutrition in order to grow and flourish and achieve our potential. And I found myself pondering that image quite a lot this week. It's become increasingly stormy, the weather. Um, I was out for a walk this morning because the weather app told me it was going to be dry. It actually rained. But actually, in all those weathers, the trees, by and large, stand secure because of their roots firmly in the good earth. So if we think of Jesus or God as being like that earth into which we are planted, we put down our roots, what does it mean? What does it mean to spread our roots deeper and wider into that life-giving, life-upholding ground? The apostle said, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. The second Bible reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses one to five. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. we are all familiar with the fact that Jesus uses a lot of images from the natural world and particularly from agriculture in his teaching. But in this little extract from the fourth gospel, he takes it a step further and describes himself as being the true vine, which is tended by a gardener, the creator, God. But he goes even further and says that we are the branches of that vine. So in the first image that we began with, we saw Jesus as the soil, the earth into which we put down our roots. This one, though, is even more radical and even more shocking because it says we are connected directly to Jesus. In fact, at a push, we are part of Jesus. We are part of that same vine, that same tree. Jesus says, remain in me as I remain in you. So he tells us that he is part of us and calls on us to remain part of him. Now, we all know that that word remain is, is a word that can be translated as abide or dwell, a sense of making your home in somewhere. And I have got vague recollections of a sermon I preached a few years ago where we looked at this, the words we use in different parts of the UK to, to refer to how we express the place that we reside. So I, as an English person, would probably say, where do you live? Whereas somebody who had grown up in Scotland would probably say, or this part of Scotland anyway, would say, where do you stay? And that each of those carries an important truth. 
neither of them has the whole truth, but each of them has part of a bigger truth. This idea of abiding, of staying, of that coming to that place where you can put down those roots, actually, is, is very important. And that's part of what it talks about, this abiding, this remaining, is staying put. But the word live also is important because living is about thriving and flourishing. That the place that is home, the place we stay, ought to be the place that we also flourish. And so both of them is important. We stay and we flourish by being part of, well, Christ, apparently. Part of this tree, part of this community of people who love Jesus and seek to put our roots down into him. And so I've had another set of questions running around my head this week. If I remain in Christ, and if Christ remains in me, and we can take that plural, if we remain in Christ and Christ remains in us, how does that affect our lives? What does growing and flourishing look like? What if we at Hill Head, and indeed more widely, are part of a single beautiful vine? What might that mean? Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. The third reading is taken from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 25. The apostle writes, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. So we have a tree that is established in good soil and has strong roots and so has the potential to grow. It can obtain the nutrients it needs and the water and then it produces shoots and then leaves and blossom and in due course fruit or nuts 
or other seeds, depending what type of tree it is. Little extract from Galatians is well known, well loved. It's one of those things a lot of us learned in Sunday school and had to recite off all nine things. And I am sure you have heard umpteen preachers say, as I will say and have said, it's all one fruit, not nine separate fruits. The Greek word is single. And, and we preachers tie ourselves in all kinds of knots over this and, and get a bit snotty about it, be quite frank. But nine virtues, if you like, nine expressions of this same fruit that comes from being part of this tree, this vine that is in Christ. I don't know how you felt when you heard Beth read that little list out for us. I always find myself when I hear it thinking, oh, I'm not very good at that. And so-and-so is much more patient than I am. And so-and-so else is kinder than I am. And that's actually not healthy. And it's not really what we're meant to do. It's not for us to hold ourselves up against somebody else and say, oh, they're so much better than I am. So if you suffer from that same weakness that I do, please try not to. Comparing ourselves with others is so not what this is about. Let's just take a moment, though, to think about trees that we know or bushes that we know that produce fruit. We know that even if you've got a really good tree or plant and you put it in really good soil and you tend it really carefully, and even if it's a great year for growing, it takes time. And you might not get fruit the first year or the second year or the third year. In fact, if it's a fig tree, it could easily be seven years before you get any fruit. And that's with the perfect conditions. And of course, conditions are rarely perfect. Sometimes there are early or late, late frosts. Sometimes there's a drought. Sometimes there is too much rain. And so it becomes difficult for the plant to produce the fruit as well as it might given perfect conditions. But if you look at a tree, if you go out, I think all the apples have gone off the trees now, but I, I, as you know, I, I used to walk through Garden Avon and look at the apple trees there. So these trees have one set of conditions in which they grow. And some of the apples were big and round and beautiful and red. And others were small or misshapen. Some of them didn't really quite get there they may have tumbled from the tree a bit early blown off by the wind but when you gather them up whether you get that beautiful tree or the miss sorry beautiful apple and the misshapen apple and the one that's tumbled off the tree and you chop them all up and put them in a pie it's then that you get the flavor and you discover that actually all of them are valuable the ones that seem perfect and the ones that seem imperfect all have a part to play in making that tasty pie. Um, if you don't like apple pies, think of something you do like. But that's the kind of idea that it's together that the, the, the wonderfulness, the nutrition comes forward. Let's be honest, 2020 is not a great 
season, is it? And among ourselves, if I hear one more theologian or one more preacher tell me that I ought to be thinking about how I am growing and what God is teaching me in this season, I might behave in a very unministerial way. But the thing is, not all growth is visible and not all fruit comes straight away. If we hold on to the idea that our roots are in good soil, and they are, if we hold on to the fact that we are connected to Christ, and we are, then some growth goes on. And one day we will see the fruit of that. And it might not be today or this week or this year, but it's still happening. I was really reminded late on in the week, which is why I didn't add it in, of a story that Jesus told, a parable about a farmer who went out and prepared his ground and planted his seed. And then he had to wait and wait and wait. And then up came the shoots. And the shoots slowly grew. And in time, the heads appeared on those shoots. And finally, he was able to harvest the corn. This isn't a quick fix. This isn't perfect. We're not all going to get all of that, that fruit of the spirit perfectly on day one. So please, let's not beat ourselves up. But let us also hold on to that promise and that truth that in all of us, those qualities are growing and will continue to grow. I'm not going to end with a question this time. I'm going to end with a suggestion. Could we perhaps see this image of roots and shoots and fruits, whether we see them as nouns or verbs, actually as a promise, something hopeful? That as we continue to be rooted in Christ, as we grow by the grace of God, then we will flourish and we will produce, however tiny it seems, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control.
as we meditate on our prayers for others and for ourselves, let us listen for God. Let us pray. And let us think for a moment about what the real roots are in our life as individuals and as a community of faith here at Hillhead. Loving God, perhaps we sometimes forget to cherish the roots of our life which are grounded in you. And yet without roots, new growth and fruitfulness are not possible. Sometimes it's easier to occupy ourselves with trivial issues and tasks, pretending to ourselves that our life is productive. We can hide behind these things, which bear no real fruit. We can even find that we choose to stop growing and stop bearing new shoots. We know that our lives do not always blossom with your fruitful life. And yet, and yet, despite that, you are always there offering your nurture, encouraging us to grow. And so as we pray this morning, we pray that the roots of your faithfulness to the world will spread deeply throughout all creation. May we, as followers of Jesus, be part of your new shoots and abundant fruit in every place. Prune from our life all that is not needed, all that does not bear fruit for the advancement of your kingdom. And so in our prayers this morning, we think of the branches of the vine in the world, in Scotland, and in our own community of faith. For BMS World Mission, BMS has recently overhauled its creation stewardship policy and writes, one privilege of being human is that God created us as stewards of his world. At BMS World Mission, we offset all our travel into our Eco Challenge Fund. And with this, we finance projects directly combating climate change. Pray that our work will broaden people's understanding of the link between faith and the environment. And we think this morning, of two BMS projects, and first of all in Northern Chad, where BMS doctors Mark and Andrea have installed solar panels to boost their ability to store medicines and to run equipment. We are asked to pray for their capacity to treat patients ever more efficiently. And in Uganda, BMS worker Genesis is involving local churches in reforestation. We are asked to pray for environmental recovery through this initiative. A 
And here in Scotland, we remember this morning our sister churches in Partick, which is the Queen's Park initiative, in Pollock, in Port Lethen, and in Portobello. May our fellow travellers in these churches experience new shoots. And for our own community of faith here at Hillhead, the branches of the vine here, the people with whom we journey most closely as followers of Jesus. This week, our prayer rota encourages us to remember our managers and trustees, our office holders, Edith and Tom, Bethany, Emma and Drew, Wendy, Steve, Neil, Anita and Bonnie, Dr. Beth, Mary, Janet and Roger, Joyce and Morag. Give us warmed hearts, O Lord, for understanding others. Give us open minds to hear and interpret the stories of people's lives. Give us the strength we need to respond in your name to the realities of our time. And may we do so rooted in you, carrying only what we need and bearing the fruit of your spirit. Amen.
may we go from here firmly rooted in the never-ending love of God. May we go from here to flourish and grow in the healing grace of Christ. May we go from here to be fruitful in fellowship and the friendship of the Spirit, now and always. Amen.